Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast Show. I'm really excited for today's show. It's something that's really needed and important. Emotions. Do you think that you feel them? We often believe that we are thinking beings who sometimes feel, but we're actually feeling beings who sometimes feel think. That's from Brene Brown. So do you struggle to deal with your emotions? Do you find yourself avoiding feelings and thinking that you don't feel? I have seen so many clients not be aware of their emotions or even know the lack of awareness that they have. And I'm not immune to this myself. I've completely done this. Many of us avoid emotions without realizing it and have learned it from watching others. It's often what we're taught growing up. Some of us have certain patterns that we regularly used to avoid feelings. Researcher and social worker Brene Brown calls these patterns offloading hurt. They describe the various unproductive ways that we manage or discharge our emotion when we're trying to avoid feeling it, whether it be the common numbing with alcohol, shopping, food, or some other way, or chandeliering or stockpiling, which we will get into in this episode. In this show, I'm going to talk about the six common offloading hurt strategies and what we can do instead. Last week's episode was titled, Triggers, Self-Awareness, and Emotions. Oh my, I talk about the importance of having self-awareness and how this allows us to then be able to recognize when we are triggered and to identify what do we feel, what do we think, what do we need, and what's going on in our body. This is really good timing by the Lord with the recent events that happen in Buffalo, New York, and also Evalde, Texas. When these things happen and we are not directly related, it still is traumatic, especially if we've experienced similar trauma in the past. It can bring us to this place where we're actually there which we call in the therapy world PTSD. So there's an acute post-traumatic response that your body has and it just is automatic. You can't stop it. So no matter what you experience or what your experience has been from these events, it's important for you to take time to identify what are your emotions, what are your thoughts, what are your body sensations, and what do you need? Give yourself permission to feel your feelings and then ask the Holy Spirit how to pray and what to pray. Don't keep yourself stuck in fear. That's what the enemy wants. Honor your feelings and then pray. Thank you to those of you who have left a review for this podcast. If you haven't and you love listening, please scroll down and click on the write a review. You help spread the word for Jesus and mental health. Also, I recently published a book called The Brave Encourager. Right now, it's on Amazon paperback or the Kindle version. I'm really excited that right now I'm up to 39 Amazon reviews for the book as of the recording of the podcast. It's tremendously helpful, especially for a new author. So please purchase the book, share the book, write an Amazon review, and give me the feedback. So let's pray. Holy Spirit. We welcome you right now into this podcast. Be with myself, be with the listeners. Give us permission to just be at peace even when the world is not. 
We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Jesus said in John 16, that these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world we have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Right now, I bind up the spirit of division, the spirit of heaviness, and the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that my listeners, that you are property of Jesus Christ and the peace of God is being ushered in by your ministering angels. Our brain doesn't understand how you work, God, but we trust that you are God. Bring peace right now to the listeners. Open up their hearts right now to hear this podcast and break open lies that they have been believing about their emotions. I pray that I say exactly what the listener needs to hear and that your spirit brings the breakthrough that they need to conquer lies that they had about emotions. In Hebrews 13, 5, the author reminds us that Jesus himself, you said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So the Lord will never leave you. He is right there with you. Thank you. Jesus, for your love and your comfort. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Back in episode 19, so this was very early on in the podcast, I did an episode about not letting emotional roller coasters hijack your life. In this episode, I talked about emotion regulation skills, and afterwards I posted a feeling wheel and talking about the importance of understanding them. God designed us to feel our feelings. Do you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? I actually learned this from my seven-year-old daughter. It's Jesus wept, John eleven thirty-five. Before this, Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him. She fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Do any of you recall? This is the chapter about Lazarus. So Mary is freaking out. She's super upset. Jesus, if you would have been there, my brother wouldn't have died. But then Jesus saw her weeping. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled, which is John eleven thirty three. And some of them were mocking him. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Jesus, still calm, still at peace. And he said, take away the stone. Martha, who was the sister of Lazarus, who was dead, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. So still she's stressed out, not trusting Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Which is John eleven forty. So here they are in the midst of this horribly emotional and tragic event, the death of their brother Lazarus. Jesus weeps, and then he calmly asks them to take away the stone, and he raises him from the dead. In verses 43 and 44, he says, Lazarus, come forth, and then loose him and let him go. If this would happen today, most of us would be offended. We'd be offended that Jesus wasn't more emotional, freaking out about Lazarus, that he died and was dead for four days. And then we'd be offended that Jesus just took away the stone, and then he was calm about it. Shouldn't he be freaking out and acting all emotional about it? See, we have 
expectations that things should happen a certain way. Maybe you thought Jesus should have acted differently, or maybe you should have just let him die because that's his will to have died. And we think that we know more than Jesus, that he wasn't supposed to be raised from the dead. But Jesus came to disrupt us and we need to let him do it because he is God. He is the son of God, God of the universe, not us. So how else do we stop the God of the universe from disrupting our lives and having his will be done? When we're hurt, when we're sad, when we're angry, disappointed, or any other difficult emotion that we don't want to feel, we have certain strategies that can just come out. We don't know they happen. We aren't aware of them. They just happen. And so I pray that as I share these strategies with you today, that you are awakened to the common choices that you make when you don't want to deal with your emotions and that you allow the Lord to break open these common choices that you make and to allow him to come in and bring his divine emotion regulation skills. Most of us We're not raised in families and environments where we were taught to get curious and wonder about our emotions or where we even had open conversations like, oh, it looks like you're struggling and you're sad about something. And then do you want to talk about it? Tell me what that's like to be sad. Like I said at the beginning that Brene Brown is quoted saying that we like to think that we're thinking beings who sometimes feel. We're not. We're feeling beings who sometimes think. Here's the problem. What most of us do is we don't feel our emotions. We do what Brene calls we offload emotions. Brene calls these strategies offloading hurt, which are barriers to actually reckoning with our emotions. They're the ways that we manage or discharge the emotions when we're trying to avoid feeling them. So I'm going to give you the six offloading hurt strategies. And what I want you to do is I say them. I want you to pay attention to the ones that you commonly do. Because afterwards, I'm going to be praying and the Lord is going to break the lies that we have for these common offloading hurt strategies. So number one is called chandeliering. This is where the hurt is packed so far down that it can't possibly resurface. No matter how tough you think you are, someone can barely graze it and you just go through the roof. This is that over time, It can create eggshells with other people walking around you, and it's super, super toxic. Bosses can be like this because oftentimes they're so good at shoving down their feelings and they end up being in a leadership role, but it's a very toxic work environment when we have a boss like that. And this is when we let stuff out on our kids and we scream at our kids or road rage is chandeliering. It's a seemingly innocent comment that someone makes just sends you into a rage or sparks a crying fit. A small mistake can trigger a huge shame attack for you. Constructive feedback hits a tender place for you and you jump out of your skin. So that's what chandeliering is. So number two is bouncing hurt. This is where you use anger, blame, and or avoidance when you get too close to emotion. You just bounce it. This is kind of us being a hustler. We hustle for our worth instead of operate from our worth in God. So with anger, it's easier to get mad or turn to, I don't give a rip, or I'm hurt. So a lot of times bouncing hurt, people will say, oh, I don't care. And you say it with an attitude that you don't really care. But the truth is you actually do. You're just bouncing hurt. 
So with blame, this is where you're fault finding, you're making excuses, you're inflicting payback, lashing out as self-protection, and then avoidance is you're thinking, I'm fine, no worries, I'm good. Pretending it doesn't matter, just saying whatever. And so all of those things, you might say those things, but what I want you to pay attention to, is there a kernel of truth? Is there something going on in your body where you're actually pushing away and avoiding the emotion? So that's bouncing hurt, number two. Number three is numbing. This is a really, really huge issue. I would probably confidently say everybody listening, including myself, has done some form of numbing. This is when we take the edge off our pain with whatever that is. So I'm going to just name a few of them. Alcohol, drugs, food, sex, porn, relationships, money, work, caretaking, gambling, affairs, religion, chaos, shopping, planning, perfectionism, constant change, the internet, and more. Chronic and compulsion with any of these is addiction. So not all of us struggle with addiction, but we all numb. We have a global numbing issue in this world. And so what I want you to do is pay attention to Are you numbing or is it moved into a place of addiction? See, the problem is, is you can't selectively numb shame and grief, but then feel love and joy. When you numb the dark, you numb the light. You don't have access to any of your emotions if you try to numb those bad emotions. It's why it's important for us to get therapy if you've been through any sort of trauma or pain or difficulty. You have to process it. If it gets stuck, then your body remembers the trauma and you're stuck with the lie and a sick body sensation that you don't understand. If you try to deal with it on your own, then that's pride. So a lot of times we numb because of pride. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let the Lord come in and help you. Let the Holy Spirit, the mighty counselor, do the work that he was designed to do. He wants to heal you and take away the pain so that you don't numb it. Number four is called stockpiling. This is where we keep firmly packing down the pain. I'm not going to feel it. I'm not going to feel it. So we just keep pushing it down. If somebody makes you mad or breaks your heart or whatever other difficult emotion, that motion has to go somewhere. Your body will always keep track of this emotion and You won't win by pushing it away. This is where we start to get things like insomnia, depression, anxiety. It's the unprocessed emotion that gets stockpiled. If we just continue to build up hurt and the wisest parts of ourself, which is our body, decides, well, that's enough. The body's message is always clear. It'll shut down the stockpiling or I'll shut you down. The body will win every time. So insomnia could come out. Depression could come out. This is where... Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote the book, The Body Keeps Score, wrote that traumatized people chronically feel unsafe inside their bodies. The past is alive in the form of gnawing inferior discomfort. Their bodies are constantly bombarded by visceral warning signs. And in attempt to control these processes, they often become expert at ignoring their gut feelings in numbing awareness of what is played out inside. They learn to hide from their selves. So this is a very common thing that we do with stockpiling when there is trauma. So number five is, she calls it high-centered. This is where we can't move forward and we can't move back. We don't want to risk getting out of control of our emotions. So we're high-centered. It's like a car being stuck on a median of the road. If we recognize our hurt or fear or anger, then we'll get stuck. 
Once we engage even a little, we won't be able to move backwards and pretend that that doesn't matter. But moving forward might be an open floodgate of emotions that we can't control. So we're just stuck. What if we recognize the emotion and it dislodges something and we can't maintain control? So this is that place of just really being in a very fearful place of being stuck. So we call, she calls it high-centered. And number six, which is the last one, is called the umbrage. This is where light and dark are not integrated. If you're familiar with Harry Potter, which I am, I am not, um, but she names this after the character Dolores Umbridge. So she's this character that always wears pink suits and ruffles and has knickknacks all around, but she's a horrible character who tortures children and is a villain. So there's a hard process to reconcile. She is not what she calls integrated. And what this Dolores Umbridge will say is like, everything's great. Everything's fine. We're all fine. So you're like overly sweet. You're overly accommodating and you help everyone, but then you're actually resentful. You're hurt and you're frustrated. Sometimes our niceness is inauthentic and we can feel like a ticking time bomb. So I'm not saying that if you if you struggle with this, that you are like Dolores and you're a villain, but she just uses that as an example to share this place of unintegration where you're being really nice, but inside you're super struggling with resentment and frustration. I'm actually going to do another show on this because I feel that there are many of us who are helpers and want to help, want to give away our heart, and we have this servant heart, but there isn't a balance with how we're able to focus on ourselves and our family and our self-care, and so we end up getting really resentful and hurt, um, but it's choices that we're making, so it's this unintegration that we have. But the truth is, is that we are all dark and light. We're sinners. It's a way that we were made. This is why we need a savior, which is the light. So the umbrage is really when we're overly sweet and it's not authentic and we're not bringing in what the Lord says about us. So these are the six offloading hurts. Offloading is the opposite of integration. Instead of taking our stories and owning them, we allow our shame to own us. Our story becomes, we're the rager. We are the sweet person who lies. I'm the angry one who yells at my kids sometimes. It's just who I am. What we need to do is we need to step into and bring the Lord in and we need to process our emotions. So what we do is that we have our stories of how we offload our emotions, be who we are instead of what the Lord says about us. So this could be, I was sexually abused. And I avoid all family situations because of this, or I never got married because I was abused as a child, or I always have road rage, or I'm just the parent that just freaks out on my kids sometimes. They just need to deal, okay? What we could do is we can shift this, we can process our emotions, we can get the healing that we need, we can allow ourselves to speak our truth and have a testimony. So I was sexually abused, but I'm a survivor, and now I'm aware when tough emotions show up, I talk about it and I process it. Or, man, I used to yell at my kids because I really struggled when they would have behaviors that I felt like I couldn't control. But when I was able to process my anger, I was able to process my hurt and my fear that I had about not being a good mom, I was able to gain patience from the Lord to be the mom that I desired but it came from me processing the emotions. I'm angry with my kids. Sometimes we're afraid to say, my mom didn't pay attention to me and that made me feel hurt. 
we don't want to say the truth because we think we're hurting our parents or we're hurting our children. But the reality is they're probably not going to hear you say this. So if you say it in counseling or you say it in prayer, it's you getting out the truth. It's you getting out your story. I don't want you to go say these things to the people that you're struggling with. This is where you're getting it out to the Lord. You're getting it out to journaling, which I will give to you some solutions here. When people have their story be what is the offloading hurt, okay? So I always have road rage or I'm always the mom who yells at my kids. These comments actually leave you thinking, oh, hmm, okay. Well, I guess that's what you think and you believe. You don't really feel like you have a leg to say anything when people say it because they're really owning it like this is my story. Their story is them offloading hurt and them not processing their emotions. So my hope is that as you're listening to this, you are able to identify what were some of the tendencies that you use to offload your hurt. Okay, so once you've identified it, what do we then do about it? All right, well, we need to process. We need to talk. Don't keep it in. You need to feel the emotions not offload them. Here are some questions to help you to process. You can write them down if they're helpful. Do this with each of the offloading hurt barriers that you struggle with. So number one, what did you see growing up? Number two, when you do offload hurt that way, when is that? And with whom do you act that way? See, some of you might find that they're common with certain people and not with others. Like maybe with your friends, you might become an umbrage. And with your kids, you chandelier. Or with your family, you numb. Find out when you do this. Number three, what do you feel when someone offloads hurt this way around you in your personal life and what it's like for you? And number four is, what do you feel when someone offloads hurt this way around you in your professional ministry or community life? See, we have personal and then we have professional. It's different. Start to process what it's like so you notice what it's around. This will allow you to recognize the offload so that you can learn to start feeling the emotions and integrate instead. If you don't know how you're offloading, you won't know how you actually feel. All right, so here are the strategies on what to do when you have the emotion in front of you. So instead of offloading here, here's what you can do. The first one is be present. In Eastern medicine, they'll say mindfulness. But this is a Christian podcast, so I'm not going to tell you to be mindful. But the techniques for mindfulness is really about being present. Okay, be still and know that I am God. Focus on the face of Jesus. Just notice, just be curious. Let his presence come. See, a lot of the New Age practice actually stole from Jesus. And really, those practices are originally from him. And so this, just that practice of being present and being still and just knowing that God is God and we are not. So the next one is you want to learn how to be curious. So I'm an EMDR therapist, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. One of the protocols that I'm trained in, it's called preverbal EMDR. So it means that I do the trauma healing from before you could talk and when you were born. I can walk through it a little bit right now and what do I say to my clients? Jesus knew you from before you were born. The God of the universe, the God who created the heavens and the earth knew you from before you were born. He chose you. He knew the plans that he had for you before you were born. And then as you were conceived, he chose that he picked you out. Yes, these are your earthly parents, but he had plans for you and wanted you to be in this earth, on this planet during this time for such a time as this. And I want you to just see the Lord desiring you to be born, to, to grow in your mother's stomach, 
that he knit you in your mother's womb, Psalms 139. And so you see yourself growing and becoming bigger. And as you're doing this, if a lie shows up, pay attention to that and we just break the lie. So like I break the lie that you're not worthy. I break the lie that you're not wanted. I declare that you are wanted. You are worthy. The Lord wants you. So it's important for us to be able to process this and walk through this. Um, the other thing that we do with preverbal is I talk about how emotions are meant to be felt, just like going into a car and driving a car. So if you see a big, huge garage and there's all these different cars, all these different colors, and each one of them represents an emotion. So like, for example, guilt serves a purpose. Guilt tells us I did something wrong. Oh, okay. It's the Lord convicts us. Oh, I shouldn't steal. Thank you, Jesus, for showing me I shouldn't steal. I repent for doing that. I'm going to give this back and I'm going to apologize. I'm going to make the amends that I need to make. Okay, so there's a purpose for guilt. You don't need to feel guilty because you said no to going to a party. That's not an appropriate feeling of guilt. You need to allow yourself to give yourself that self-care. Let's say righteous anger. You feel anger about something like the injustice that happened in New York, in Buffalo. That makes sense to go into the garage, drive the car of emotion, you're feeling anger appropriately. That makes sense to feel that emotion. Sadness. Someone in your family dies. It makes sense. You go, you drive the car of sadness, okay? But the thing is, is what we do is we take these cars out and because we don't appropriately learn how to feel sadness, feel anger, feel guilt, we then start to grow this fear of emotions. And so then what we do is we just kind of shut the door in that garage and we say, I'm not going to feel them at all. But the reality is each one of these emotions serves a purpose. They're good. They're okay. God created them and they help us to know more about him. So we have to be able to learn how to get curious with our emotions and almost notice them like it's an outside person. They're a purpose. They communicate something. They send a message. They don't need us to send us into a tailspin and traumatize us every single time. Sometimes we have to just notice, oh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling sadness. I don't like it, but I'm feeling it. Hmm. Holy Spirit, come help me to just feel the sadness. Some things that we can ask when we're getting curious is just, I notice that. And, hmm, what happens next? All right, pay attention to your body with curiosity, not with fear. Another quote from Bessel van der Kork is that neuroscience research shows that the only way we can change the way we feel is by becoming aware of our inner experience and learning to befriend what's going on inside ourselves. So we need to learn how to get curious. So the next one is journal. It's really powerful to get everything out. If you have a lot of needs that didn't get met as a child, take the time to write them down. It's really powerful because you're speaking your truth and your story. Next one is talk, go to therapy, process out loud. The next one is square breathing. This is where you breathe in for four counts, hold for four counts, breathe out for four counts, hold for four counts. And then you keep doing that over and over again. And then break the lies, declare the truth. What the Lord has to say is bigger than what we feel. To get this matched up and to operate in the freedom that he tells us that we have to uncover the hidden shame and the emotions that we have buried, allow it to come out, recognize the unhealthy patterns of offloading hurt we have, learn how to get curious, notice, be aware, talk, write, breathe. Seriously, has it ever occurred to you that you are enough just as you are right where you are? That is how Jesus sees you from this place of freedom. We can just say, hey, God. I'm believing lies right now. Hey, God, I don't think I'm worthy right now because I grew up in a household where we just had to get over it. 
and not show how we feel. Help me. I grew up believing that I was weak to show emotions. Help me. Help me, God. Okay, let's be honest. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for this episode. I thank you for showing us ways that we offload hurt and that we don't share it with you or with others so it just stays buried or stockpiled or it comes out and where we yell. God, we repent for not allowing ourselves to just honor the emotions that you gave us and to feel these feelings and process the muckiness and the ickiness that can show up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our counselor and being our guide. Right now, I break all lies in the name of Jesus that you're not worthy, that you're not capable, that you're an angry person, or that you're always guilty, that you always feel shame right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you are a conqueror. You are brave. You are bold. And the Lord is going to give you the courage to feel your feelings. The Lord's going to give you the ability to be curious and just notice what's going on in your body. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence right now. Thank you for giving us the strategies to be brave and to be bold and to own our story, not the world's story about us, but your story, that we are children of God, that everything that's in the kingdom we have access to. And so I thank you, Lord, for your peace, for your joy, for your love, for your continuous comfort over each one of us, for your strength. Thank you mostly for your love that you sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could be free. Thank you that who the Son sets free is free indeed. I pray blessings on each one of you today and the rest of your week. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.